Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, my Everyday Truth family. Appreciate you joining us today for another excursion into the Word of God. We are in Jeremiah chapter 31 uh, today. Great, great chapter. I think I told you already that I can't wait to get to the heart of it uh, here in just a, an episode or two. Uh, but we're in verse num- number 23 for now. So Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse number 23, Jeremiah is dreaming this dream. God's speaking to him in and through this dream. And it says in verse number 23, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, as yet they shall use this speech in the land of Judah and in the cities thereof, when I shall bring again their captivity. So just to bring us up to speed, remember, the Lord is speaking to Jeremiah in this dream about the future and about the future time when God will again make Israel a place of peaceful habitation for his people. His people will come and regather there and they will recognize Messiah to be their Messiah. And they'll recognize God in all of his holiness. And Jerusalem will again be rebuilt. And this day is coming. It's really a, a prophecy about the coming millennial reign of Jesus. And watch what it says in verse number 23. Here's what they're going to say. The Lord bless thee, O habitation of justice and mountain of holiness. So when the people come to Jerusalem in those days, they will be able to in a heartfelt and in an honest way, say about Jerusalem that she is a habitation of justice, a place where justice lives, habitation. So justice in the Bible generally refers to the way that people treat people. So the justice system or judges what, what is their job? Their, their, their job or the job of the system is to make sure that people are dealt with fairly and equitably. Now, obviously, in any society, a justice system is going to be flawed because it's populated by flawed people. And a, a judicial system will be flawed because judges sometimes are flawed. But here, this will be a habitation of perfect justice. And then the Bible says here, a mountain of holiness. I used to love to sing that song from Psalm, I think it's 48. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion in the side to the north, the city of our great king. So the mountain of holiness refers to the city of Jerusalem. So justice is a term that applies to the right dealing of men with men, a fairness in that sense. But holiness is a matter of our right relationship with the Lord because holy is the Lord and holiness, be ye holy for I am holy, Peter said. And holiness is a matter of our set-apartness, our closeness to God. And so there's coming a day when honestly, 
And in a heartfelt way, people will be able to say of Jerusalem, this is a place, a place where justice lives. This is a place that is a bastion of holiness. Now, could they say that in Jeremiah's day? No. Have there been times in Israel's past where she could generally make that statement? Sure. I think when the temple was dedicated under Solomon, I think there were times of revival, for instance, under Hezekiah or even uh, Josiah. But the point is, those terms are not totally valid until the Prince of Peace, uh, the champion of true justice, the emblem of true holiness, and that is the Lord Jesus rules and reigns there in Jerusalem. And that is a reference to those days. Look at verse number 24. And there shall dwell in Judah itself and in all the cities thereof together husbandmen, okay, farmers, those that work the land, and they that go forth with flocks. So farmers and shepherds. Now, remember, this is a prophecy of the future peace of God's people in that land. And is it not interesting that the future under the rule of Christ will include farming and shepherding and the simplicity of a life with God's creation, green grass, rain, the blessings of agriculture? That is progress. Sometimes we look at modern day world of technology and internet and great cityscapes and things that man can build and rockets that go to Mars. We look at that as the end all be all. And yet what is really progress? Progress is a matter of the heart being bent toward God, a place of peace and quiet and simplicity. And we'll see that in our future. Israel will. Look at verse number 25. For I have satiated, that word's been used a lot in this chapter. It means to satisfy. For I have satiated the weary soul and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. I think there's great encouragement in that verse because this is something that God says he will be his work. I I have satiated, I have satisfied the weary soul. I have replenished every sorrowful soul. So it's God is taking the onus of responsibility and placing it upon himself that I will be the joy giver. I will be the replenisher. I will be the satisfactor. Uh, Satisfactor. Where did that word come from? The satisfier. There we go. Uh, I, these blessings will come from me. And is that not good that God does not delegate be the satisfaction? Now, it comes from him. He is the one that satisfies. He does not delegate the replenishment ministry. No, he is the replenisher. And all of the blessings that we find, we find in him. And he is the source. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. We sing that doxology. And a great doxology it is. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So the Lord, I will do this. And then verse number 26, upon this, so Jeremiah now is coming back to reality. Upon this, this was the end of his dream. 
Upon this I awaked and beheld, and my sleep was sweet unto me. You know what Jeremiah remembers about this, all of which we've been speaking for the last couple of days? You know what Jeremiah remembers, boy, that was, a, that was a sweet night's sleep. Now think about what's going on all about Jeremiah. The Babylonian army is on the march. His own people have rejected him. They've set their faces against him. He's being vilified and lied about. We'll find him in prison next chapter. It just seems as if he's being taken advantage of. And yet, here is a sweet night of sleep. When God reminds him in these unconscious moments, in these dream, in this dream of his, that I am in control and there is a future coming. And we've all had good dreams. And when we have a good dream, we wake up and it's like, oh, that was a nice dream, but it was just a dream. But in Jeremiah's case, he woke up from his dream and it wasn't just a dream. It was a foreshadowing of the reality that God had promised to his people. And what a, what a peace that must have brought to Jeremiah when he woke up that morning to realize that my God has it under control. You know, he that uh, keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep, the Bible says. So we, we fall asleep and uh, we go to sleep in our problems. We wake up with our problems. But understand that God is all, already at work and he's always at work. And even in our sleeping moments, God is at work satisfying, helping, comforting, working, planning, prophesying, fulfilling, all of it, the things that only God can do. Look at verse number 27 quickly. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of man and with the seed of beasts. So in other words, I'm going to plant people back here. I'm going to put the economy back here. Now, re remember, Jeremiah's been saying all of this is going to go away. There's going to be captivity. There's going to be death. There's going to be famine. There's going to be pestilence. There's going to be really, really bad decimation coming. But God says, but I'm going to plant it all back. I'm not just going to plant the, the flowers and plant the trees and plant the crops. But I'm going to put the people here. Look at verse number 28. And it shall, it shall come to pass that like as I have watched over them to pluck up and to break down and to throw down and to destroy and to afflict. So God says, I've been presiding over the judgment of my people. And that has been primarily the theme of Jeremiah's ministry. We saw that all the way back in chapter one, to pluck up, to uproot. That, that's always a, 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 a horrible thing to think. You know, things, some things we want to pluck up, like we want to pluck up weeds, we want to pluck up uh, things that cumber the ground, but God says, I'm going to pluck up the things that are planted here. Why? Because you have not followed me, and the only language that you listen to is the language of bad circumstances. That's a tough place to be, but God says, I'm the same God that's going to preside over this spanking in your, in, in your childhood, but I'm also, see verse number 28, I'm also going to, so will I watch over them to build and to plant, saith the Lord. 
So the same God that has to deal with us in our sin is the same God that replants and brings satisfaction and brings replenishment. That's the same God. Look at verse number 29. In those days, they shall no more they shall say no more, the fathers have eaten a sour grape and the children's teeth are set on edge. That was a proverb back in the day. It's, it's not a true proverb, but what people said was, you know, God judges us because of what our parents did. We're, we're not to blame. We, we don't do anything wrong, but we're just, we're just um, in trouble because of something our dad or our grandfather did. This is not fair. This is the way God's dealing with us. And of course, that's not true. That was just a total dismissal of their own culpability. Verse number 31, verse number 30, but everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man that eateth the sour grape, his teeth shall be set on edge. No, God says, I'm not doing that. No, everybody is accountable for his own choices, his own decisions. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. Now, I'm going to stop there because that's the verse I've really been longing to get to there. Verse number 31. Uh, we call this the new covenant section, and it is just so encouraging. So we'll stop there in verse number 30 uh, for today, and we'll come back to verse number 31 next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.